The message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. We praise you for what you're about to do. We praise you for what you've been doing. We praise you for, for the past two weeks. Thank you for what has been happening in this place. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your spirit that has not left us. Thank you for your anointing. We honor you, God. And tonight will not be different. It will rather be better and better. In the name of Jesus, give you praise, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Huh. Very good. How have we been? Glorious. I like that. It's good. You know, it's, it feels good to come back home. Um, and feel at home. You know, at times when you, when you go on holiday, it feels like, you know, you want to do it all over again. Don't get me wrong, the holiday was beautiful, right? It was good. But I couldn't wait to be back home. You know, because it's happening here. Canada is a beautiful place. Honestly, it is a beautiful place. Um, but this house is more beautiful. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's, it's you know what? I'll do everything to stay back home. To be here. But God is taking us places. You know, he can bring about things <clears throat> that we may not ordinarily want to see. But he'll just cause it to work for his purpose. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. And it's his plan that we all look forward to. <clears throat> we have our own plans, don't forget. Well, at times, not all our plans work the way it should be. Tonight, I'm going to continue from where I stopped. Okay? I'm going to bring back memories. Ephesians chapter 6. <laughs> and who remember what that is about? Sorry? Putting on the whole armor of God. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 16. Actually from verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wires of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh. And blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, 
taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And we've been talking about the various elements of the armor. And we've talked about the helmet of salvation. We've talked about the feet short of the preparation of the gospel. We've talked about the, the, the shield of faith, um, the breastplate of righteousness. What else have we talked about? That was it, right? But now we're talking about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. Now, talking about the sword of the Spirit, and I, I like the way it says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, in other words, if you have a different interpretation to it, that is not what we are talking about. We're talking about the Word of God being the sword of the Spirit. Now, I want to show you something about this sword of the Spirit. Because when it talks about sword, it means it's an offensive item. It's an offensive um, component of, of the armor. Actually, it's not an armor. Because if you're not ready to fight, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be holding a sword. But at times, not being ready to fight cannot be misinterpreted for not being ready to defend yourself. So you might hold an offensive tool or weapon for self-defense. Now, it talks about the, the, the shield of faith. The shield of faith, it said, wherewith you shall quench all the fiery darts of the devil. So you're using the shield of faith so that, you know, it throws some darts to you or, you know, arrows to you. You put the shield. So the shield protects you from the arrows getting to you. All right? So the shield also protects you from the sword, other sword hitting you because you are protecting yourself. So if you are or if you'd like, you know, everything that you ever need to protect yourself is there. But protecting and defending, they are two different things. You protect yourself with a shield, but you defend yourself with the word. So the word for you, as part of God's armor, is an element of defense for you. The word keeps you from harm. The word keeps you from falling. The word keeps keeps your feet from dashing against the stone. The word keeps you up. And when he talks about they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, waiting upon the Lord is mostly about his word, storing up his word in your spirit. You might, not, you might say, well, I've got a shield of faith and breastplate of righteousness. I know who I am. But with empty of God's word, you're nothing. Because you may be safe. But you can't defend yourself. It's only a matter of time. Where your shield starts to get tired. It's a matter of time. Where your heart. Because when things start keep hitting your heart. More and more and more and more. The breastplate is still there. 
But the helmet of salvation is starting to quiver because of your mindset. The Bible says something around, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So basically, we are not wrestling against anyone, any human being, but we are wrestling against these. But the, the wrestle is not for us to fight. It's for us to stand. And when he's saying stand, he's saying don't run away. Stand your ground. Stand in the place of victory that God has for you. Stand your ground. So I'm going to quickly show you something about the word, which is the sword of the spirit. Because it is the sword of the spirit, which is fantastic. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. And this is going to give you an idea about God's word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. What does it say? Say, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I'm going to read the same scripture from the Amplified Version. Ready? Verse 12. Amplified. For the word that God speaks is, talk to me, is alive and full of power. Now, what does the Bible say in Ephesians chapter 6? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So it's the sword of the Spirit. And here is describing that sword. He it said it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So let's, let's go through. For the Word of God, the Word that God speaks, which is the Word of God, is alive, is living, is quick. Okay, is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, some people talk about God's word as a two-edged sword. No, God's word is not a two-edged sword. It's sharper than. Okay, so you can see that it's a two-edged, but it's sharper than that. Now, the two-edged sword cuts both ways, right? But there's something even stronger than the two-edged sword in our day. And what is that? Laser. Laser beam cuts through anything. Cuts through diamond, cuts through just anything. So, it says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And what does it do? It says, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life. That's the soul and the immortal spirit. And of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. And it went ahead to say more. For the word of God is living and active and 
full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's quite an interesting thing about God's word. Sharper than any two S sword. So it, it goes straight in. It, yeah. it, it either does the mending or it does the destruction. And the things that you think it cannot get to, it goes straight there. It divides both joints and marrows. You know, both the bone, the marrow from the bone, it can go through in between. So that's the word of God. So, talking about the word of God in that way, and he calls it the sword of the spirit. So, if he says the word of God is quick, in other words, alive, it also means that it can do anything and stand on your behalf. The word of God can work for you. So, the word of God is not just a letter that kills, but a spirit that gives life. It remains a letter when you don't dwell on it. It remains a letter when you just look at it as just a Bible. But when you take the letter and turns it into words, it becomes a life. Actually, it is not God's word until you study it and speak it. It's just a letter. It's just a book. In the book called the Bible... It is not holy in itself. Are you still here with me? Okay, so the Bible is not holy by itself. It becomes holy when you hold onto it and digest it. It says the word of God is quick. From the beginning again, the word of God is quick and active. It's living and active and full of power. Living, active, and full of power. Living, active, full of power. Think about those three words. The word of God is living, active, full of power. But it does not move itself. Until you make use of it. Okay, so think about the sword, right? The sword is sharp. It does not cut by itself. Until you handle it. You might have the sword in the street. And the enemy is coming against you. Without pulling it out, what would you find yourself doing? <laughs> Running. And possibly what they have is just a stone or a catapult. Not knowing how to unsheat your sword, you will start running. Why? Because no matter how, that's, how sharp that sword is, until you pull it out, it's useless. So for you to be able to defend yourself, you should know how to use God's word. Because the word has potential. That's what it's saying. It's a God's word has potential. And, and part of its potential is that it is living and active and powerful. It's living, active, and powerful. So if you understand that this potential... 
is in the sword that you carry, which is God's word, you use it. So when you're in trouble, you find yourself using it. Talk to me. How many of you having a car will choose to walk? Okay. And it's about to rain. And you're going to Coles or somewhere, Woolworth. About 500 meters away or even two kilometers away. So I'll just walk. I know some people who forget their keys. Hello, are they? And they're looking for their car keys. And you're wondering, what is going on? Where did you leave? I'm not quite sure, but it's somewhere. And start to look for it. Why? Because she knows that the car has got potential. The car will carry you takes you quicker and faster to where you're going than choosing to walk. You can walk there. There's no place you can ever walk up to, right? But you make the choices. The word of God is living and active and powerful. So if you realize this potential of God's word, why not use it? Why not use it? Okay, think about another, another thing. Another instance. Let's say, for example, you have a 1956 car that is smoky, right? And then you have the option to drive a new car, a 2018 brand new car that is very fast and is healthy. And you're going from Sydney to Melbourne. Which would you choose to drive? The new one. And the reason why you would drive the new one is because it's healthy. It won't fail you. The word of God won't fail you. It's healthy. It's active. It's powerful. So why not use it? Use the word. Every time. Use the word. One other thing. In Revelations, it talks about we overcoming the devil by, talk to me, by what? The blood of a lamb and the words of our testimony. We overcame. Did you hear the tenses there? He didn't say we will overcome. We overcame the devil by the blood of a lamb. And by the word of our testimony. So what he's saying is, when you remember to use the word, the devil finds his place. Because the place of the devil is the defeated. He has been defeated. It is not yours to defeat. And that's why Jesus, no, no, the scripture says, having done all, stand. You have a place. Your place is the place of a victor. Actually, more than conqueror. Not just a victor. You didn't do the fighting. But you're more than conqueror. And some, some time ago, I actually analyzed with, you know, a, a different scenario, what more than conqueror could imply. And more than conqueror doesn't mean you fight. 
Think about, let's say, I'm not sure if Mike Tyson is married, but that's the only person that I remember who's a boxer. All right? So let's think about Mike Tyson, you know, with a, a wife and a child. Okay? Who goes to get the beaten? Mike Tyson. But who benefits from the money that comes from the boxing? The wife and the child. Mike Tyson is the victor whenever he wins. And the wife and the child are more than conquerors. You get it? They don't have to fight. They just have to enjoy what comes out of it. Jesus fought one. But we are more than conquerors. We have nothing to do in the fight. We just have to support. We are in the, we are not in the ring. We are outside the ring. But on the side of Jesus. And just going, yeah, he's going to knock you out. Yes, just wait for him. He's about to, and we are yelling and hailing. And we'll continue to yell and hail. That's it. Don't be like some African nations when their team is losing, they start to support the other team. <laughs> what an embarrassment at times. So it says, we overcame the devil by the blood of a lamb and by the word of our testimony. The devil saw the blood of a lamb and he got, went, ah, oh, I knocked him out. But when the word of our testimony came out, he realized he's been long defeated. So every time you are going through a situation, remember we overcame the devil by the blood of a lamb. That's not yours. You can't, use, you, can't, you can't do anything with that blood. You know that? You can't do anything with that blood. It's not yours, right? Oh, come on. It's not yours. You know, there are some people that go, when you're praying, they go, blood of Jesus. It's not yours. Okay? All right. Am I going to knock you out again? I will try. All right. It is not yours. You know, you pray and say, I plead the blood of Jesus. It is not yours. If only you understand the purpose of the blood of Jesus. The purpose of the blood of Jesus was to redeem and buy you. It does not belong to you. The money does not belong to you. You get it. But what belongs to you is the word. And that was why Jesus said, go in my name. He, said, he didn't say, go in my blood. Right? And I know it's very religious. If it sounds more holy and righteous and great to, to say things like that. You know, I cover this thing with the blood of Jesus. Do you know? Oh, my goodness. Should I go this way? Okay, I'll go it anyway. I'm speaking to the children in the house. Those ones whose hearts are open to learn God's word. And not those who are willing to be blinded and kept, keep being blinded. Okay? That it sounds very nice in the ear does not make it right. Do you understand that? It's true. There's no way in the scripture that you say you cover it to the blood. Where they got that is from the Passover. Okay? That Passover was redeeming, was taking them. It was the end of slavery into the other one. So after that time, there was no need for putting the blood on the wall again. It was once done. So every time they did not refer back to that time, 
Because it was a demarcation. So every time they remembered that blood being put on the wall, they remembered slavery. But it was a demarcation. It was a boundary. It was when it all ended right there. So from then onwards, it was a whole different life. You know, some people go, when Jesus came out of the grave, when he, you know, got resurrected by the Holy Spirit, who was the first person that he met? It was a girl, Mary Magdalene. It was a girl. And what did he tell Mary, if you remember? When Mary realized that it was Jesus, and he said, Master, and what did he say? Don't touch me. And do you know what people say about that? You know, the religious people, he said, do you know why he said, don't touch me? Because he's a woman. <laughs> and that is a lie from the pit of hell. But if they studied the scriptures very well, they realize that when the high priest in the Old Testament have carried the blood of the lamb that has been sacrificed, no one touches them. Until they take it into the holies of holies and present it unto God. No one touches them. Because anyone that touches them at that point is sentenced to death. And don't forget Jesus was the last of the high priests. And he came to fulfill the law. So he was the only qualified high priest to carry his own blood to the father. So at that very point, he said, because I have not been to my father, I have not ascended to the father. So it's not because he was a woman. And if he wanted to shed the blood, he would shed it. So that blood was for the father. It was the payment. Done, dusted. And it was a sign that, hey, what do you ask me to do? You know, all the debt has been paid. This is it. It was done. I'm not quite sure where some Christians picked it from and said, okay, you know, whenever we pray, let's plead the blood of Jesus. But it's not scriptural. Go study it. And at times I know that because you have been so rooted in this and, and so many things have happened in your life that even saying things like that has saved you from death does not mean it, that was what happened. That was what worked. No. It was your faith in Jesus that delivered you. Why? Because you are more than conqueror. You're enjoying from the fight that he had. And you continue to enjoy from it. All right, and finally. Because the word of God has been given to you, that's what you should be using. Why? Because the word of God is what? Quick, alive, active, and powerful. So why are you looking for the blood? If you've got something that's got all of them. Okay, let, okay let's say about the blood, all right? So what would the blood have that the word does not have? Talk to me. Because if the Bible says the word of God is alive, active, and powerful, what would the blood have then? 
Or talk to me, I'm waiting. Sorry? Water. Oh, yeah, of course. It flows. It's liquid. All right. I'll show something to you very quickly. I know my time is running. But what I always like to do is to expose you to God's word. Expose you to it. So that you can counter all the, the weird things that you've learned over time. Expose you to God's word so that you can be assured of who you are and of your faith. And not be blinded by the religiosity of many. And there are some people whose hearts will still be closed because that's how they've always known it. As it was in the beginning. So is now and ever shall be. You are not God. All right. So stay exposed to God's word. Because the word of God is living, active, and powerful. It's living, active, and powerful. All right? So I'll show you one more thing. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. And the reason I'm showing you this is what Angela just said. Because the blood has got some liquid, right? Water. Okay. <sighs> Ephesians 5.26. It says, so that he might sanctify the church, having cleansed her by the washing of water with what? <laughs> so you are sanctified. He said, okay, well, well, the blood will cleanse you. But he's saying the word of God sanctifies you. He would have put blood there. But he's reminding you in Revelations that we overcame the devil by the blood of a lamb. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And by the word of our testimony. So think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Right? He says blood of the lamb. In, in other words, the blood is of the lamb, not yours. And he says the word of our testimony. He didn't say the word of his testimony. So put yourself where you belong. The blood is of the lamb. It belongs to the lamb. The word is of our testimony. And that is what we've been given. That's how we overcame the devil. So, if the word of God is quick, active, and powerful, and then it has the power to sanctify, okay? I hope you remember this. Right? The word of God is quick, active, and powerful. And then in Ephesians 5.26, it said it's got the power to sanctify by the washing of the water by the word of God. One more. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It has the power to save. So, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to save. He would have said, it, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed to share his blood all over the place. It's not yours. But I'm not ashamed to share the, the gospel, the word of God. Why? Because that's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. So use the word. My time is up. I've not even gone, gotten into what I'm actually trying to talk about. 
But what I would continue to do and will continue to do here as a church is to expose you to God's word. Is to expose you to God's word. And when you keep exposing yourself to God's word, it's just like when you expose yourself to the x-ray of God's word. It looks through you. It sees through you. It sees the disease. And what does it do? You can then remove them. Hey, think about God's word now as an x-ray. What, is, what am I saying is an x-ray? He said in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the word of God is quick, active, and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. And uh, it cuts through. It cuts through. The dividing of the soul and spirit. So what, the only thing that can do that, that can see through you, is an x-ray, right? It's an x-ray. So it says God's word is an x-ray. So it cuts through you and starts to discern the intents of your heart. So when you put yourself, you, you don't just go to, for x-ray just because you enjoy standing before the rays. No. But you go to x-ray because there's something you want to see that is not going on right. It might be a dislocated joint. It might just be a disease that is sitting somewhere. You know, MRI is another form of, you know, x-ray these days, right? They, they scan that part to see where that thing is. That's God's word. That's what God's word does. It's an x-ray. It, it, it checks, checks what is wrong in there and exposes you to God's word. When it exposes you, it exposes your heart. Then you start to see, oh, this is not right in my life. I'll change it. I'll tweak it a little bit. I'll apply God's word to this little part of my life and it could change it. You never can tell. And then you, you say, study to show yourself approved. So for me to be approved, I need to study. Not trying to do something, not trying to keep the law in some sense because it's not your righteousness that saves you. It is God's righteousness that saved you. And all you need to do is just to stick by the righteousness. Stick in his righteousness. You know, it's just like this, right? If it were possible, all right. Now, whenever you're going overseas, you pack baggages, right? Who pays for the flight? You. Does your baggage pay? It never. And at the end of the day, you still wait to collect your baggage. Right? Consider us as God's baggages. That we, we don't walk by our own righteousness. We walk in his righteousness. We just leave ourselves to him. He pays. We come out on the other side. He still comes to collect us. He said he has delivered us. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So if he says he has delivered us, in other words, he has rescued us. And for some of us, when he was rescuing us, we were still trying to say, yeah, we like here. We like here. Please leave us here. We like here. But he's still rescuing some of us. All right? And he's exposing you to his word so that you can start to change those things that does not line up with his word. And can I say to you, the word of God is powerful. It's quick and powerful. And use it all the time. And I wish, you know, I could go through the other part because that's more interesting. Okay. But hey, get to understand the essence of the word. What it does. What it has a power to do. Don't underestimate God's word. Use it all the time. Use it all the time. Let God's word be your medicine. It's, it's, what, what does it say it is? It says, for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. 
So they are life. God's word. They are life to those who find them. They are life. But it says to his word is alive. Active. It's not passive. It's active. It's functional. It's effective. And powerful. All right. I missed you guys. God bless you. Praise God. Amen. Can we stand up? The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com. Thank you.